Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast, where when you can't be in the outdoors, we bring it to you. Two, one. Welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Tales Outdoor Podcast. My name is Walt, his name is Chase, and each and every week we bring you content that we have one hope, one hope that it'll accomplish, and that's to excite you, to energize you, to motivate you to get outside, to try something to do, try something new, do something different, or go a little harder with whatever it is that your passion is. Uh, we have a passion for hunting and fishing, that's what we do, and uh, we're going to be talking about a hunting season that's kind of drawing to a close today, and uh, that has thrown me into a serious level of depression, and I'm hoping that this podcast can bring me out of that, because I am not feeling good about the fact that turkey season has come to a close in Florida. Uh, it was a fun season. We'll talk about all of this in just a second, so I'm going to leave that be. we got a little bit of business to tend to on the front end of this. Uh, first and foremost, we need to talk about the people who make this show possible. Patreon, I'm going to keep this short and sweet for you guys. Do you like free shirts? Do you like free stickers? Do you like the idea of sharing deer camp and turkey camp with like-minded guys who like to support this show? And do you want to see Chase and I to do more? If you want us to, if if you like any of that, then consider going to Patreon. There's a link in the show notes. You can go to ChasingTalesOutdoors.com. We own that now, and uh, you can support us by signing up for Patreon. It is a monthly contribution that goes to the operating costs of this show. It allows us to buy camera gear. It allows us to buy uh, hosting fees and websites and and to host host events and go further. Um, we don't make any money off of Patreon. It all goes right back into this podcast. And one of the ways we say thank you is through free hats, free shirts, shout outs on the podcast, all kinds of stuff. We don't have any shout outs this week, which depresses me, but that's okay. I, I know that we're going to have one next week. Uh, I've already been told through the grapevine that that uh, we're getting an old patron back and okay. we're getting a new one. So, um, oh, nice. Along those lines, I mentioned Deer Camp, and we have got the month, the location, and uh, I guess that's all. Oh, and, and the, lo- the month, the location of the hunt, and the site reserved. Uh, we, we will be hunting uh, in Florida in, uh, it looks like right now, early September when the season kicks off, or mid, mid-September, I should say. Uh, that should be uh, the peak rut for this location, which will go unnamed. That's how we do things around here. We don't name drop WMAs, but if you're part of Patreon, you can get an invite. And we have secured a location that can hold somewhere between 30 and 35 people. It's going to be right there next to the WMA, surrounded by a bunch of other WMAs. And I'm excited because this time it's more centrally located. And I think people from all over the state and South Georgia and South Alabama can all kind of make about the same travel to get there. Um there's going to be a small $20 donation to stay there. I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better yeah. than that. And and we're going to host a dinner just like we did last time. So uh, if you are interested in that, join Patreon. The information will be posted very, very soon. We're, we're ironing out the details so that vacation leave can be put in and uh, arrangements can be made. Additionally, 
if you haven't gotten a Chasing Tales shirt yet, whether it's the Public Land Legends t-shirt or the or the Hobble Gobble t-shirt, we've got about 30, 35 shirts left on the website. Go check it out while you're up there signing up for Patreon. We'd love to have you. And then we've got this, the yakking for Bass Challenge. Actually, let's hold off to that to the end of the podcast to give them a reason, a reason to listen, Chase, all the way through. Okay. We got to talk about two people who have partnered with this show, both to make the Yakin' for Bass Challenge as popular as it is ever going to be and support this channel grow. And that's Spartan Forge, who creates, I think, one of the coolest hunting apps on the market. They've got an update coming. I have signed an NDA. I cannot tell you guys what's coming. I can only tell you <laughs> that it's exceptionally cool. Uh, stay tuned if you're a Spartan Forge member. And if you're not, and if you want to have, I what I, tr- I truly believe this, the best hunting mapping deer prediction deer prediction did you hear that redneck just come out deer predicting boy that was bad wasn't it if you want to have the best mapping software with a software that predicts deer movement on a high high level go check out spartan forge use the promo code chasing tails t-a-l-e-s and you can lock in for life your current price plus a 25 percent discount and you're not going to want to miss that uh, when this update comes, because the price is going to change this fall. So lock it in now. And last but not least, our tried and shrewd, I was wearing it before it was cool, wearing it before they sponsored the podcast, Scree Gear Chase. What is your favorite piece of Scree Gear? Ooh, favorite piece. One, just one. Just one? I mean, I pretty much like all of the Scree Gear that I have. Uh Probably the item that I wear most would be the Uinta pant mm-hmm. would probably be uh, right on up there. Um, I, I Those just fit me so well. Uh, they last. Um, they're durable in all the types of briars and brambles and everything that we uh, encounter here in Florida. So I would probably, I'll probably just go with that just because I wear it the most, but Everything that I've had from Scree has been great. Uh, I recently got to don their rain gear uh, for an event that I was at. And uh, I don't know how many compliments I got on that uh, rain gear from uh, different people on just how well made it looked. Um, And I never got wet. So I have yet to be able to try it out in a hurricane. Uh, like Josh uh, kind of mentioned that we should uh, do one day because of all the testing that they've done. But uh, yeah, I'll go out. I'll go with the, uh, you went to pant for now. I can dig that. I can dig that for sure. I think uh, you went to pant is good. You took that one from me and I was going to rock that. Okay. This is what I'm going to say. The lost peak jacket. Now caveat, the lost peak jacket is being discontinued, but only because they're coming out with a better material. And here's what I like about Scree. Every time I talk to Josh, and I talk to him two or three times a year, um, he's always asking, what are you hearing from the listener? What do you like? What don't you like? And I can tell him and not be afraid to hurt his feelings. In the early days, I was kind of like, eh, maybe I need to be careful. But uh, I, we talked today for almost an hour, and the guy's like, this is what's coming this year. You're going to love it. I promise. Uh, this is what's coming this year. What would you like to see done? And I gave him my wish list. I said, you know, I want to, I want this, I want that. And he goes, most of that's already coming. Great to hear it. Any complaints? I said, no, listeners don't have any complaints and we're off to the races. Am I, am I cutting out? No, you're not cutting out. Okay. It was on my end. So I just wanted to make sure. Um, so with that being said, go check out Scree Gear. It's an awesome company, awesome people. We only partner with people who are like that, so it's a guilt-free endorsement. Chase and I believe that when we put our name to something, it ought to be something we believe in, a company that we believe in, and a product that we believe in. So here we sit with that. Um, Chase, this is where I get to put my co-hosting hat on. You get to be the host. And what I'm most excited for is the ability – one second here – the ability to recap, something we do every year – we have so much fun doing it. Why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you take the floor? What are we doing here today? Are we talking about our bold predictions and what we lessons learned during turkey yeah, season? Yeah. The uh, bold predictions. Um, 
I'm, I can remember what mine were for myself, for sure. And yeah. I remember the one that I had for you. And his name it, is John it, 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 it looks like we have <laughs> a, a guest tuning in to uh, <laughs> remind us of our bold predictions for this past season. <laughs> the official, the one, the only, chasing tails, bold prediction. <laughs> Tell me that did not play out perfectly. I timed oh, the music that was right. I mean, the intro surprise for anybody who's wondering right now. We have got the man we call the secretary because he keeps up with all of our bold predictions. It's his favorite part of the year. Uh, there's a reason why I wanted you to go first, Chase. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I do. I'm. I do recall what my, the bold predictions for myself were, and I didn't accomplish either one of those. Um, one of them was to kill a gobbler with more than one beard and then the other one was let's see here did i have two did i have two actually you had three one was what one was for one was for walter that i said walter would kill both of his georgia bird or two georgia birds this year yes right so that could still happen right yeah very, very yeah, likely. Walter hasn't finished hunting in Georgia. No, no. And I think I said I may have said I was going to kill a bird on public and private. I don't know if that was a bold prediction. Now, you said you get one on public, and you kill a double bearded gobbler this season. Okay, but gotcha. the first thing you said was it was kind of a joke. You said Chase will be tagged out before he goes up to hunt with Walt, and they will be trying to get Walt on two birds. I guess that was for. But yeah, that was for you. That was a, your bold prediction for you. It was a joke, kind of. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Well, I, technically, I guess I was tagged out before I went to go on with Walter. This is true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay, hold on. Let's pause for just a second. Introduce yourself, the secretary. Yeah. Um, Ron Wiggins and uh, loyal and uh, follower of Jason Taylor. So, yeah. So just for perspective, Ron is the number five. He was, I looked this up because I wanted to know he was the fifth patron of of chasing tail. So he goes back all the way to the oldest of days. So, yes. And, and Ron surprised us at the Patreon deer camp with pulling out our bold predictions (laughs) from this past fall for deer season. Yeah. That was awesome by the way. (laughs) We just, we just announced that like literally before you Ron, that we're doing the next deer hunt. So, um, so funny story. So I told, I told Ron, uh, or Ron and I were talking about his deer, his turkey hunt that we went on. And he said, uh, I said, we're doing our final, our final episode. And he's like, is that the wrap up where you talk about the bold prediction? I said, yeah, here's the plan. So we've had this schemed for like a solid two weeks now, I think. So, uh, <laughs> it's okay. perfect, man. Yeah. Yep. All right. So anything else from chases that you need to add? Uh, not reality. He killed two gobblers on private, which was awesome. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't get the double bearded gobbler, uh, as of yet. I know he mentioned, uh, in an episode before that, he uh, he might make it up to PA Pennsylvania. I don't know if that's still on the Possibly. table or not. Possibly. So it's still, still got to get up. I, mean. I still got to get up with Chuck, uh, for that. Yeah. And I, I did, like I said, my buddy, he killed the, we were both going after the same bird. And unfortunately he flew, well, fortunately for my buddy, he flew down on him and he shot the double bearded cobbler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Ron, what, what were my bold predictions? I don't even remember. All right. For Walter, uh, for himself, killed two birds, one in Florida, one in Georgia. Okay. And then, uh, yeah. So you got, you got that two and 12 hours, which is awesome. And uh, you still got Georgia's on the table. and It ain't over yet. And then uh, you got for Chase here, you got – you said that he would kill two birds. One would be on a quota hunt, though, the quota hunt he went on. Uh, and then here's the one that you were uh, – yeah. One where, where y'all would hunt together and y'all would crush a bird on video like Thunder Chicken Michael Waldell – Walt will be zoomed in on the bird and you'll see feathers go off everywhere. <laughs> and it's going to be the state record turkey. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, I can talk some crap, uh, can I? Good Lord. I mean, they're bold predictions for a reason. This uh, is right? true. This is true. I mean, you got to kind of go out there on those predictions. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, it's funny because you're right. Ron surprised us in the deer hunt with the bold predictions because I'm up there and we're doing this like raffle thing. It wasn't a raffle. What was it? It was like a uh, – You were giving away prizes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a – it was a, um, Trivia. trivia. Close and Tales trivia. trivia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, Ron comes out. He's like, oh, I was like, oh, boy, here we go. You know, because then I talked out my ass on that episode, too, you know, because I thought I had the whole season ahead of me. And Chase kept trying to tell me, you know, slow down, slow down. So <laughs> uh, I carried I carried some angst into turkey season. I've got not not this Wednesday, but next Wednesday, my brother flies in. And Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're going to be turkey hunting and fishing some mix of the two based on the weather. So, and it'll be in Georgia. So there's a really good chance we could, I could still kill that Georgia time. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Still got a chance. We'll see. We get closer every time, man, with our bold predictions, meeting them. Yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for the, uh, they got to be the, less lofty. The fishing, uh, the fishing bold predictions, the yakking for best. And then you oh, got yeah. right around the corner. Yeah. We'll have to bring Ron back on whenever we talk about our bowl predictions. So he yeah, can be there <laughs> and as we're doing it. <laughs> maybe maybe we need to start getting bowl predictions from the bowl predictions keeper. I mean, like the, I feel like yeah, maybe. yeah he yeah. should have one for each of us. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. Hey, yeah. I, I can do that. I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, so since the Yak and Brass Challenge is coming up, be thinking about that, Ron. Uh, okay. Which what you got in the back of your head, and uh, we'll, we'll get after it. But man, I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day, uh, masquerading as John Cena to uh, surprise Chase. Chase. Did you see that coming at all? No, I didn't. I, I had no clue that was coming. No, when I heard the music, I was like, I, I, I keyed in on that he was going to be on here. But before that, I had no clue. <laughs> Zero. <laughs> Made my all day. Right. All right, man. I appreciate you. We're yeah, take back care, to yeah. it. All right. All right, Ron. <laughs> oh God. That was good. That stuff. was awesome. That was awesome. Let's see here. There it goes. There we go. All right. So so there's our bold predictions. We cut that out right from the jump, man. <laughs> yeah, it was good. <laughs> All right, so we need to talk about what we learned from turkey season. What did we learn, Chase? Did do are we are you are stubborn old birds, pun intended, like you and I, capable of learning something? Mm, oh yeah, I'm yeah. always capable of learning something. If if I'm not learning, then what am I doing out there? I in mean, my opinion, I mean, uh, I mean, I'm try I try to learn something every time I go out, really. Even if it's that, okay, Chase, you're sleeping in too much or whatever. I mean, what do I got to do to uh, motivate myself to get out here? But I feel like uh, this turkey season, I mean, there were a few things, maybe not l learned, but maybe reiterated that you, I just probably had forgotten or sure. taken for granted or whatever uh, this season. Um, and I feel like there during each season you kind of got to reflect um i killed a bird early and then i had a gap there where there was some time where it, it took me a little while um to get on my bird um and one of the things which I, i've tried to continue to reiterate for myself is to have patience like it is things will come when they come and even during a hunt or whatever, when you think you may have a short window at an animal, but you know it's probably not quite the right time to either pull the trigger or um, let go of that arrow. Uh, I, in, in the past, I would kind of get in a rush. Hmm. Like there would be this sense of like urgency to like, oh, I've got to take the shot now. And uh, that has met, that would mess me up per se, like I'd, I'd rush the shot or sure. just do something weird that I normally wouldn't do, like in my practice routine or anything like that. And I, I had an opportunity this year to take one of those shots and I chose not to. And it ended up paying off for me because the shot ended up being way closer. Um, so I feel like that I had to reinstill in myself, okay, 
keep keep with the patience. Like if it's meant to be, it's going to happen type thing. Sure. And um, and even patience on the the hunt that I had with uh, Brandon on the quota hunt um, is maybe you because there'll be times where you kind of get discouraged or whatever. Like, okay, why, why aren't the birds doing this? Why, why aren't they gobbling mid-morning? Like, what, what, what's the deal? Like, I'm getting some gobbles kind of on the roost, and then after that, just shut down. And patience slash kind of perseverance type thing during that hunt to where stayed patient, kept doing what uh, thought would be for the best outcome, and uh, that ended up happening on that hunt. So I I think that I learned that patience does pay off. So, and it's something that I, like I said, I I just got to keep reminding myself Mm -hmm. of uh, every season because there's always a time during the season where I I find that uh, there's going to be that situation to where it's going to arise. And I know that I need to, be like, okay, Chase, you're, you're going to get your chance. This, this, this isn't it right here. Mm-hmm. It may come in 20 seconds or it, it may not come today. It may come tomorrow. Um, but don't screw it up by being unpatient. So that that's one of the things I learned uh, about myself. This turkey season is I, I, ha- I definitely have the ability to remind myself to be patient <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when, when the time's right. You know, it's interesting you say that because when Adam and I killed that first bird, that's that opening morning or afternoon, I went back and I pulled the footage off of the DJI and the, uh, you know, the Insta360. And I noted how long it was. And I asked Adam, I was like, yo, how long do you think that hunt took from the time we struck the bird and started walking to the time you pulled the trigger? And he's like, I don't know, like 35, 45 minutes. I said, try 17. Right. It was 17 minutes from the time we found the bird, covered several hundred yards, creeped through the swamp, sat down, and that bird came in. I would have told you it was an hour. It felt like a solid conservative hour. And so I think I think kind of along the lines of what you're saying is you got more time than you think you do. It feels like time is flying by, but it's really not. And I heard Joey Bell talk about this in the group. He's like, one of the things he's trying to do this year was remember when you strike that bird and it sounds like he's right over the ridge, more often than not, you've got time to pick the best tree instead of just picking a tree. And um, it was kind of insightful in that regard. Um, to hear you say that kind of tells me we're kind of on that same, that similar bandwidth. Um, you know, I think I'm going to pick something that seems like eat low-hanging fruit for people. But my calling this year was something I learned a lot about. So I hunted with Adam, and I'm a firm believer that everybody that you do turkey hunt with, there's a chance you can witness something or take something home with you. You know, Ron is his second-year turkey hunter, and the way that he whistled and, like, crept through the leaves when he was trying to make make the, the final approach, he sounded just like a turkey. And I had never heard that sequence before, and I was like, man, I've heard hens, but I've never, like, thought about making that sequence myself, right? Um, when I was hunting with Adam, he was real high pitched with the way that he, that he, that he called. And he did this like, uh, cackle, uh, situ- scenario he would do, where he'd be like, bap, 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 bap. and it was real like drawn out. Um, and that bird gobbled at the beginning and he gobbled at the end of it. And we hadn't heard anything until he did that. And so it was just interesting because for me, I felt like my calling was adequate. Um, not by any means proficient, but adequate. And through making turkey calls, through being around other people, I've I've taken my turkey calling on a different path, you know, a more serious path. And that, you know, making the perfect yelp is one thing, but learning different variations in what a yelp may sound like, both high end and a little raspier on the back end with the same call, man, it made all the difference because I threw everything I could at that turkey that afternoon. And it refused to talk to me till he got it fired up with these like, I mean, I would have told you it was bad calling. Right. But right. it worked. And, and I've heard other people do it since. And so um, it, I think I think learning a more in-depth understanding of, of the call and when what what kind of calls I can make and elicit a response. I think that's really where I'm trying to go with things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with my calling this year, obviously, I had a little wrench thrown in with mine because I got this Invisalign this, right. during the season. <laughs> So I had to kind of learn how to use the mouth call 
with the uh, Invisalign in. So that, that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, I feel like it still made decent noises, but it wasn't quite up to the par, I would say, as with if I didn't have the Invisalign in. Just, just subtle differences uh, that I could tell with it. And there's probably, like during any season, is different calls I could work on, um, improve on. Uh, I'm always trying to improve upon like my per uh, things like that. Cause I, I don't, I think it's sufficient, but I don't think it is quite there. Like right. I just, it just doesn't sound to me like it's just quite there. Like if you hear a Scott Ellis throw it out there or somebody else, I'm like, eh, I'm not quite that level yet. Um, I spent more time this season working on calling mm-hmm. uh, prior to the season. Um, and I also, and I also try to break out maybe different calls as well. I mean, I've got the, the pot calls. Um, I, I broke out the, the box call a little bit um, on one bird in particular, just trying to see, okay, maybe he's looking for this type deal. Mm-hmm. Like is, is the, is the box call noise what he's looking for? Is, is that this pot call and, with his one bird, it really didn't matter. I could <laughs> throw <laughs> any of the calls at him. And when he was done gobbling, he was done gobbling. Yeah. Uh, it seemed like. But one of the things I forgot, which was the, because I, I heard crows going, stuff like that, is don't forget about like some of your other locator calls, because mm. that might be able to get them to strike off, at least to kind of get an idea of where they're at. Because uh, there was this one gobbler in particular, like the, the owl call, I mean, it just, I mean, he would gobble to it almost every time. Like you whip that owl call out. I don't know if he just doesn't hear a lot of them or what, what it was about that frequency, but definitely um, it helped me with like roosting that bird mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. And uh, in the mornings um, when he, I was like, okay, is he over here or what's going on? I would hit that thing and bam, he would, he would fire off to it. So don't, don't forget about those locator calls as well. I know a lot of times people are like, ah, yeah, this crow call never works or this alcohol never works. Well, if you've tried all the other hen noises that you can and nothing's getting that bird to fire off, I don't see where it would hurt trying those locator calls um, to try to get a response from that bird. Because sometimes it's just about knowing where that bird is and what you think where he may be going or if, okay, he's down in this bottom and there's no way I can get to him without being busted. Mm-hmm. Like if I keep creeping in further, um, not knowing that there's a gobbler in there, he's going to bust me and I'm mm-hmm. not going to have a chance at him anyways. So, but yeah, yeah. I, get, I definitely get what you're saying about the, the calling and cause I'll even have that where I'll, I'll give a sequence out and I'm like, okay, is that, is that the sequence I'm going for? Like why, why is this bird going to respond to this sequence mm-hmm. type deal? So I definitely try to switch it up from time to time instead of just doing the same thing over and over again, trying to uh, elicit a response. Yeah, definitely. I think it's kind of, I think to equate it to other people, uh, you know, if you got three people on the boat and all of you are throwing a a green topwater frog and you're not getting a bite, how long before two of those people are going to throw something else on, you know, it's, it's about, you know, throwing those different tactics out there. And I'll tell you something else. If you got two people there with you, clearly don't be afraid of, of both of you calling, right. You know, my mouth and my lips may make a different type of pitch that gets that bird fired up. Um, but twice this year, twice this year, we were able to elicit a, a response from a bird that had already been talked to that heard something different or, I heard him crow, my second bird, I heard him crow, I heard him gobble, I should say, at a crow, and he gave me his location away, and I got inside his bubble and started cutting real aggressively and got him fired up, whereas before, he was walking away, and he was indifferent to me. He had already decided he was leaving, Um, Right. and so I think... When Scott was on the podcast and Dead Gummit, we never had him on for part two. We're gonna we're gonna have to start next season off with part two with him, because um, that guy's a wealth of knowledge. But what he said in that podcast about hit him with a sequence, wait a little bit, hit him with another type of sequence. Man, I tried to really do as much of that this year as possible and throw the whole kitchen sink at him in a real like methodical way, and it paid off, dude. I, I've I've got a I've got the new hooks. I've got a new to me the hooks alcohol. Huge huge fan of that of that alcohol and i started the season not being a fan of alcohols i've got 
the red tail hawk, and I've got the pileated woodpecker, and I use those three all the time. Hit the hoot owl, nothing. Wait four or five minutes. Hit the red tail hawk, nothing. Wait four or five minutes. Hit 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 the pileated woodpecker, and uh, on two different occasions this year, the very last thing that I used is what struck that bird. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. A lot of times it's just about okay. What's what's that bird? What what? what's hot what's makes him hot that day yeah um i i've had this season there was uh there was a bird i was going in after i was caught like he had hushed and then all of a sudden like this motorcycle from long ways off revs up and then he just fires off to it oh and then he did it again bow (laughs) and i'm like what, what about that? What, what, what is, what is up with that frequency or what that noise that made him want to mm-hmm. elicit a response? Um, and it, it helped me get closer. And unfortunately that was the bird that was in the tree <laughs> that I watched for an hour, but it, it gave me an, it's like, okay, he's still in this area instead of me thinking, oh, he's done wandered off or he's yeah, in these yeah. open pines. Cause that's where I thought he was. So it definitely doesn't hurt. You know, I've got another one here I hadn't thought about, it, but it just kind of came to me, and that is um, scouting for turkeys. I'm not a big fan of scouting for turkeys. I don't enjoy the idea of walking the woods in a time where conventionally you're not supposed to call at them before the season, and I get that. There's reasons behind that, so I don't. So since I go into the woods looking for turkey interactions, um, I, I try not to scout until I'm in the season, but... I killed my second bird because I killed, or Chase, or Adam killed his bird, and I killed my two birds because the days before that and the seasons before that, I had gotten familiar with that land. And when I and in periods of time where the birds weren't talking and it was, and it was just wasted time, I was just walking roads and I was walking ridges and I was looking for sign, I was looking for dust bowls, and it was that firsthand knowledge that allowed me to move in tight on Adam's bird. It was that firsthand knowledge that told me how far into that bottom before the, you know, I had needed to go before I could kill my bird that evening. And in the very next day, on an area I had never killed a bird before, actually both birds I killed this year were in areas I hadn't killed them before. But my second bird, I had been there five hours before scouting the day before, well, 12 hours, I should say, the the day before scouting and walking around. And I thought, oh, okay, here's a knob that I can call from. And that's where I called from. And because I knew what that knob and those features did, I was able to make plays on that bird. And Adam said it really well when he said woodsmanship killed his bird. And I think woodsmanship is a humongous component to turkey hunting and, and, a, and a component of that woodsmanship being scouting. Oh, yeah. Woodsmanship, for sure. Uh, having a good lay of the land. And there were several times that I had birds to where because I knew the lay of the land, uh, I was able to do, I was able to get closer. I was able to like, yeah. okay, I can, I can get around this way or th- this would be a, a faster route to be able to cut that bird off. Um, and the, the scouting definitely helps with that. Being familiar with the area uh, helps with all that. And I felt like I was able to get away with more because uh, of knowing uh, the layout for sure. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, I think that's something that I'm going to spend as much time as I can next year in the season. If you have an afternoon to hunt, go hunt and use it as a scout. If you strike a bird, then maybe you get to kill them. But if not, you're getting, you know, you're, you're getting all those little data points like Spartan Forge likes to do, you know, where you, you, you all put it into one big picture. Um, were there any painful learned lessons for you this year? Lessons you wish you hadn't learned the hard way? Mm, painful lessons. I don't know. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that I learned any lessons the hard way. Gotcha. Uh, there were definitely, uh, there was a couple of times where I, when I was kind of maybe on setup, maybe just like facing a particular way, um, and just being off by a little bit, mm-hmm. causing me not to get a shot uh, on a bird. Um, but I, I just, sometimes that's so random, mm-hmm. especially when you're getting a bird, like when you're on a bird on the fly down <laughs> per se, like a lot of times there's, okay, there's three or four different areas. This bird could pitch down and they just decide to pitch down 
that way that day and you're not quite set up uh, to get on that bird so i don't think it was any painful uh i, I think that I, I learned some things about myself this season for sure uh still got to work on uh, the the camera stuff for self-filming because to me it's just it's just difficult self-filming for turkeys uh and maybe add another camera in there <laughs> uh for sure um because on that last bird like i had my dji but i had stripped my vest to be able to <laughs> make a move <laughs> and i had nothing to, to film the bird at that point uh to catch the bird and i had been i mean you had been proud of me this season as religious as i was actually <laughs> taking the camera and putting yeah. it out yeah so uh for sure but I feel, I mean, I, I got a video that we should be releasing here shortly of uh, Brandon's hunt. Yeah. Um, so I, I did at least get a bird on video. <laughs> it wasn't my bird uh, per se, but uh, I did. I mean, I had a lot of footage from this season. I had a lot of cool footage from this season, um, but I, I didn't really, I didn't never had the kill shot yeah. uh, this season. So that was kind of disheartening uh, for me. But I, I learned now I did. I learned a hard lesson on the camera because I took the camera out there and didn't realize what the beeping noise was. Uh, had I realized that, then I would have had the first bird for sure yeah. on camera. Yeah, uh, no doubt. But yeah. Hey, um, we're going to get there, man. I, of the of the six birds that we had a hand in killing, we got four on camera. I mean that's 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 pretty good, man. I mean I don't care what they say. That's uh now my second bird, you you're not gonna really be able to see the bird because all I got was the Insta 360. Um, my Tacticam died right before I pulled the trigger, and right. so you lost that, um, which kind of sucks because it was such a cool hunt. But um, yeah, I mean we're getting there. We we invested in the camera equipment. It takes time. It takes you know I, I was talking to a guy today and he's like, well, are y'all gonna you know grow the YouTube channel? I said, yeah, absolutely. So you're gonna go to a, a streaming service. I was like, that's the goal. But it's gonna take us time. We got to get familiar with these cameras. We we got to train some cameramen up and 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 find some ways to collaborate and find time for you and I to get together to hunt more. And that's just so difficult um because you 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 work the weekends and i work the weekdays it feels like every time you know um but sure. you know it, it's one of those things where uh some lessons were learned i was gonna say my hard my hard learned lessons were all camera gear related um but last year we got one bird kind of on camera this year we got four hell i'll take that that's a, that's that's some growth yeah for sure i mean that's and close like i said yeah close so close getting that stuff figured out and uh and like i said I, there was a time where i didn't pull the trigger because the bird wasn't on camera because <laughs> 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 i didn't have the camera set up and i yeah. possibly could have pulled the trigger uh on a bird but uh i, I feel like it, like you said as time goes on you get more comfortable with it more yep. smooth get a, a system that works well and once kind of get that system down, I, I think it'll, it'll more of it'll come. Absolutely. You know, I bought a, I bought a, an ultra lightweight tripod and a new fluid head for my Sony and it fits into one wing of my X2 with room to spare. Like I could put like two bottles of water in there with it. And a lot of what I'm going to be doing this year is going to be ground game. And uh, the thing weighs three and a half pounds, including my camera. And so that makes it easier. You know, you put that there in an Insta360 and now you're catching all the footage, you know, especially in archery, you know, you're close quarters. And uh, so, I mean, it's, it's coming. If guys are, I say that to say for guys that are looking for us to grow the YouTube channel, first off, we've got off season videos coming your way. Some really cool stuff. Um, but Chase has got that video to drop. I've got my second bird to drop for Turkey season. If you're still jonesing for that content, and uh, I guess I also have that hunt with my little brother and mate, which will probably drop, you know, as a teaser for next year's turkey content. Um, yeah. But uh, we got some fun stuff coming now. Unless I'm cutting you off, did you have something else turkey related you wanted to talk about? No, that's pretty much it. I yeah. mean, I, I thought we both had good seasons Brought, this damn year. Proud of them. Yeah. And uh, I was I got helped get Brandon on the bird uh, his public land bird banded Osceola that he yeah. got uh, I, that was probably the highlight of my turkey season was being able to hunt with him capture all that on film because now he's going to have that 
forever to go back and look at basically uh, documenting his hunt and killing that bird. So I would say that was the highlight of my season was being able to uh, hunt with him, uh, get that on film. And it was just a bonus being able to get my, my two birds uh, this season. So yeah, I don't, I don't have any complaints. Yeah, man. That's awesome. I love that. I was, uh, so where I'm going with this is, um, we've got an event coming up that I am super excited about. And that is the, uh, yakking for bass challenge. So the yakking for bass challenge is changing this year. We've got some really cool things coming down the pipe. Um, this isn't going to be, this isn't going to be the part of the episode of the, of the announcement where I give you all the intricate details because we're still waiting on the software to be written to kind of, or not software to be written. That sounds way more complex than it needs to be. We're waiting for the tournament to be created in Fishing Chaos, and then I'll be able to announce everything. But Fishing Chaos, we're 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 swapping some things up this year is one of them. But the Yak of Bass Challenge, we got a lot of new growth. I want to talk to you guys about that. So what we do every May and June, so half about about the halfway point in May through about the halfway point in June, we do a 30-day online catch photo release bass fishing tournament. And uh the purpose of that is just to a pass time when we're kind of in this lull between getting ready for two seasons and raise money for a, a good group that is helping, you know, perpetuate the outdoors. And so for this year, we're going to continue with supporting take me fishing.org. Uh, the very first year with sportsman's Alliance, these past two years have been uh, take me fishing. We'll probably go back to sportsman's Alliance cause they both do, excuse me. They both do really, you know, unique things, and we're probably just going to keep bouncing back and forth amongst different groups. But every year we raise several hundred dollars for for those groups, and the way that we do this is you catch a photo, you catch a fish, any any black bass species, you take a photo of it on a measuring board, you submit it to the to the app. Your five longest longest fish go towards your score, and uh, it's a great time because it's a month long tournament. So if weather you know rains you out one day, you're not you're not unable to uh, participate. And uh, we have prizes both for the best, you know, the best angler. And then we have a prize. We have several prizes just for anybody who enters and submits a single fish. You can catch one five inch bass, submit it, and you will win. You will, you'll be entered to win a prize. And that's just kind of to level the playing field. Uh, there's no cash reward for this. It's a fun way to raise money and pass the time. Um, but we got some other cool changes coming down the pipe too. Chase, do you want to take a stab at some of those? Uh, yeah, I know one of the changes is we're going to have two divisions this year. Uh, one will be the kayak division, which we've been doing, uh, the last three years, strictly been just kayak. Now we're going to add the boating division in there with it. Um, so if you're in the kayak division, you can enter both if you would like, but if you're in the boating, you cannot enter the, the kayak division, which I think is pretty cool. I like if too. you're the kayak guy, like I said, you can compete on the even playing level with the kayakers and you can go, Hey, I want to step it up and show these boaters uh, what's up that you can get this tournament one in a kayak uh, as well. So I think uh, Nick Chandler did a great job last year of yeah. uh, putting on a clinic on catching big bass last year out of the kayak so i think the the number he put up would even be hard for somebody in a boat to be able to uh, yeah. compete with so i think that'll be cool we've we've always had people asking hey can we use a john boat can we use this and the, the end goal for this is to raise money for people we can get involved the more money we can raise us uh, is is great for us so why not why yeah. not add the boaters in there uh there's no advantage for them because they're competing against other boaters so uh, i think the more people we can get involved the more money we can raise uh the better <clears throat> yeah and i think another important part of this evolution was uh it it was one of these things where with with our previous software tourney x you weren't able to have divisions. You could have a tournament, but you couldn't have divisions. And right. so we're going with Fishing Chaos this year. It functions for anybody listening to this who does, who has participated in the past. It functions identically. So don't sweat it. We're going to do a bunch of lead up to this. Uh, you know, uh, the next two two weeks or so, uh, we're going to make sure that there's plugs for the Act for Bass Challenge in both of those episodes. And uh, don't don't sweat it if you used Tourney X before and now you're thinking, oh God. 
you know, uh, Fishing Chaos. From what I'm finding, Fishing Chaos is way easier to navigate than Tourney X. It should give us better control. It's going to give me the ability to delegate judges, which means I don't have to sit at my desk for hours every day judging a bunch of fish, um, which is huge. And uh, so I'm with you, Chase. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I was kind of anti-boating division as a whole. But then when we have the ability to put in a second division, it's like the goal here is to raise four, five, six, seven hundred dollars for, uh, you know, tournament uh, for for charity. And so l let's do it. Um, another thing we're doing, Parker McDonald is revamping our logo. We're going to do a shirt pre-order and uh, no money's going to be made off that pre-order. The money raised by the shirt sales, whatever amount that is, is going to go into the cash bucket. And that what that is hopefully going to do is help uh, not pull so much money, you know, whenever we can't get sponsors. And it's kind of difficult for a, a tournament this small uh, to get sponsors. What that allows us to do is it gives us a cash prize bucket that we can go in and buy a trolling motor or a Lawrence fish finder or whatever it is that we end up being able to, to fund through those shirt sales. And it's going to have the logo on the front. It's going to have all the sponsors and the podcasts and YouTube channels who contributed to the to the event on the back. So it's going to be a real cool souvenir as well. Um, looking at several different options, I'm kind of trying to source you know the cheapest so that we get the most. And um, also... Uh, Maybe a fishing shirt? Question mark. I'm trying to get fishing <laughs> material, but I'm not making any promises for you guys here. Um, right. Man, I had another thought to that. Oh, we need to talk about some of the prizes because this is really badass. What we've got going. Um, I'm really happy about this. Uh, so Spartan Forge reached out and said, "Yo, we want to be a part of this." And what they're going to do is they're going to give away 25 memberships to the first 25 people who who sign up. That's crazy. I mean, right. at $40 a pop, they're donating a monstrous amount of money uh, to this tournament. And I, when he reached out and said that, it, it, it floored me. So huge shout-out to Bill. That is amazing. Thank you, buddy. Uh, so there, there's one way you can win. So you heard you could win by getting the most fish, right, the largest fish. You can win by just entering. You can win by being one of the first 25 to enter. And then in addition to that, I talked to Josh today, and I said, yo, we have this tournament. Here's what we do. And he cut me off. He says, what do you want? And so we're going to give away a starter bundle from Scree Gear. Um, let me pull that up real quick. I want to tell everybody what's in that because the, yeah. ugh, Scree makes some killer stuff. I think I think both you and I have every probably multiples of everything that's on uh, <laughs> this bundle here. And if you're curious and you go to Scree Gear, you can go to shop and then you can go to their bundle section. And it makes it super, super easy for you to see uh, what they've got here. So shop bundles starter bundle is 37040 right now what's well, a it's a 450 dollar kit so it's going to come with the hard scrabble jacket the hard scrabble pants and the kaibab 150 merino top quarter zip i use the heck out of those things yeah so uh to that that's going to go to one of the prizes that'll probably be one of the prizes i think at the end that goes to submit a fish and you win it you win a chance to win it uh and then the money from the shirt sales or additional sponsors as they come on board uh will go towards uh the winners of of the two divisions so uh chase do you have any any final thoughts on that or any uh no i mean i'm just looking forward to doing this tournament i mean i had the kayak out today moving stuff prepping stuff oh yeah uh, getting it ready to uh fish um but yeah i mean as far as entering the um yakking for bass with a kayak or boat i mean if get in there early so you can get that spartan forge yeah. membership i mean that's money i mean if you were thinking hey i want to get a spartan forge membership now you get it at a super discounted price because you're you're paying whatever the entry fee for yeah. our thing is, and and you get it. So you, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone uh, for that. So that scree bundle is going to be money for whoever yep. uh, wins that. Um, we're going to discuss more about the prizes, and you still get to fish against some of your uh, probably fish. least favorite creators. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about Parker like that, man. That's not nice. I mean, come on. Yeah, but no, we're uh, uh, that, that's going to be a good time. Obviously, we'll probably have a, a bonus episode of the, the Yakking for Bass on. We always do bringing some of those guys in, talking yeah. smack. Uh, we have the Facebook pages and all that. You can go check it out. Uh, you can go look at years past of just people um, 
it's a good time. It's a good time with people. I mean, people are interactive on that Facebook page. Uh, people are posting pictures, uh, smacks being talked yeah. uh, it's, and all in good fun. Cause at the end of the day, this is for a charity event yeah. or whatever. So that that's, that's our goal is to get people outdoors. Like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is to inspire people to get outdoors. We hope that this tournament is going to inspire people to uh, get outdoors uh, in the one of the tournaments we had before we had the prize where like i said all you had to do was catch a fish and you you entered in for a chance to win this mega prize basically and i had several buddies don't really fish but they heard about that prize and they were finding a, a kayak to get into so they could get out there and catch the, at least that one fish yeah uh, so and i thought that was awesome yeah no i think it's great and you know, the, the prices is, is kind of up in the air right now. I'm still working on those details because we're trying to figure out what the, the right price point is for this. But uh, regardless of what it is, it'll be cheaper than a Spartan Forge membership. So, you know, you can jump on that right there. Uh, and the money's going to a good cause. We're not making any money off this thing. I mean, frankly, we're probably losing money because the amount of time that I put into judging fish and other people are going to be putting into judging fish and setting it up and, and getting it all done. Um, this is costing us money, but it's not about that. It's about, you know, the conservation. It's about the next generation of outdoorsmen. It's about having fun. Uh, a lot of people, we've had people from Indiana drive to Florida on a family vacation and tote their stuff so that they could fish together. And that's what it's all about, man. Those yeah. kind of connections. I mean, that's just, it's too much fun, man. It's too easy. Yeah. It's been a good time. I've met quite a few people yeah. out fishing in that tournament. Um, Adam glass, yep. uh, Nick, uh, quite a, and several others to where, uh, it, it was, it was just great to finally get to meet those people in person, get to fish with them, yep. uh, talk hunting, talk fishing, uh, at the same time, maybe talk a little bit of smack in there as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's great. Um, fishing, uh, getting, like I said, I, I don't really fish that much when it's hunting season, when it's deer season, turkey yeah. season. Yeah, so yeah, now's yeah. the time where I get kind of get to scratch that fishing itch, uh, for a little while. And, uh, I, I enjoy it. Absolutely, man. Well, with that guys, um, go check it out on Facebook. We have a closed group and it's closed for a reason. Uh, we don't want a lot of outside, uh, you know, interference with it. It's a small group. I think there's about 75 people in it right now. It's called the Yakin. I think it's called the Yakin for Bass Challenge. Um, I'm going to pull that up right now. Make sure that you guys get the right handle. It is the Yakin for Bass, Y-A-K-K-I-N apostrophe for Bass. Uh, jump in there. There's 77 people in there. All the content creators, all the people who contribute to this to this tournament are in there. Uh, it's, it's where we do sometimes do weekly prizes, weekly challenges. It all depends on what the budget is at the end of the day, but that's the best way to stay up to date on everything. It's where we announce tournament winners. It's a good time. So go check it out, guys. Uh, I appreciate everything you guys do. We got a new rating review. Uh, we're adding Patreons. Uh, Chase, one of the things you you and I were working on is uh, maybe maybe a, a goal of if we hit X many patrons, we're going to give away some items. That's, that's kind of one of the things that we got working in the, in the background. Uh, we've got a white tail giveaway coming up. I think you guys are going to like that. I'm, I'm working on some stuff behind the scenes there. Um, but uh, we appreciate each and everything that each and every one of you and what you contribute. You don't have to be a Patreon member to receive thanks from us. Uh, leave us a rating review, send us a screenshot of it, and we will send you a free sti a, a free sticker. Uh, gladly send you a free sticker or magnets. I've got magnets and all kinds of fun stuff. So uh, check out the website. Tell somebody about the podcast. Help us grow by word of mouth. That is the most important thing you can do. Uh, but most importantly, get outside and enjoy the great outdoors.